Hedron, um, like the the kind of sphere oh, thing. Yeah. Like, what was, was that about? So um, the Hedron, the so you know how everyone wears like the HRAs. Like, so you've got the Hedron, um, which is it's similar to Polaris in that it's like a positive resonance. Um, and oh yeah, because yeah, like, the, these words make no sense. <laughs> Welcome to Glasshouse Games and our show Reflections. I'm Sam Greer, this is Jerrica. Hello. And Shay. Hello. And we're here today to review Control, um, a game by the creators of Alan Wake, Quantum Break, and Max Payne the Third. that doesn't rhyme. Um, <laughs> and we've all played the game, so we're going to be offering our individual feelings. Um, at future episodes, we will probably include emails um, from viewers, um, letters. Um, we will be spoiling the whole game. We've all played through it, so we'll be spoiling everything. Um, and at the end, we'll offer our individual verdicts and then ultimately the official Glasshouse verdict. Um, so Control is a third-person shooter mm-hmm. um, about... I'm, just, I'm going to read a little synopsis I wrote here about Jesse Faden looking for a long-lost brother who enters the oldest house, a reality-warping building in New York maintained by the Federal Bureau of Control, and must acquire supernatural abilities to fight an alien entity that's taken over the oldest house called The Hiss. Um, so I guess we'll probably start there because I think it's probably the strongest aspect of the game is the setting. Mm. So just like, how did we, what, what did we think of the the oldest house in that world, Jerga? One of the things I love most about it, I think, is that um, it's it's so kind of uh, bureaucratic. There's just so much. It's just it's like an office. Right? Mm-hmm. There's just loads of like people, like cubicles and monitors and whiteboards and like um, intra staff communication stuff on the walls and stuff. And I love that the kind of juxtaposition between the the supernatural elements of the game and this incredibly mundane setting like just going through an office building. Like when you're playing it, you know, there's a lot of combat, spoilers, Mm. Um, but the kind of supernatural powers that you have means that you often end up doing things like telekinetically throwing computer monitors at the hiss. Um, Which we've all all wanted to throw around (laughs) computer monitors. Mm. Um, What about yourself, Shay? How did you feel? No, I think that's a really good point, actually, and something I didn't really, like, consider. Um, But then now that I think about it, it does make sense as to why I liked... um, the setting so much i just like that it was also contained and like very linear i like that as mm. we were talking about like you know open world games and games that aren't that i do like a sort of linear setting and it felt very contained yeah. and i was like yeah i kind of get the mundane setting of an office life i have worked in an office and i was like yeah like office this. life is linear it is <laughs> it was so, so. it was so video gamey though wasn't mm. it like i remember the first time i realized that you can't get through certain doors until you have like the slightly higher yeah. level card even though there's glass panels right next to the door that you oh, could theoretically yeah. just smash, smash through. through yeah Partic- particularly in a game that makes such a big deal out of destruction like mm. i i must say like see using the because the, the one of the great things to do with the telekinesis is that if you hit the button jesse just automatically pulls something and if there's not an obvious object in your line what you're lined up with she would just rip something out of the concrete yeah. or whatever mm. the next and i like that 
you 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 felt like yeah you would just grab it and it didn't become an awkward clumsy thing the way that i feel like like the gravity gun in half-life 2 can end up mm. like and it makes sense for that context but here where it's like you're supposed to have the supernatural ability it felt really cool that yeah you just tap the button and she'll tear something and if it isn't an object it's literally just the floor should just start tearing yeah. up in chunks and when you started like swirling because you get those those enemies the an- anomalous spikes or something they're called um and they are just like piles of rubble that's swirling oh, yeah. around oh, and it looks yeah. spectacular like i was just amazed with the lighting and everything mm. like i hate it yeah like, they were so right it was so <laughs> annoying um but they they were they were interesting though like as as with the hiss and stuff i liked that there was like they did they're not they're not a main enemy in the game mm. either they're just because the hiss is the main one which is this i love the way you say hiss hiss they're like they're <laughs> like the hiss are like um I guess the the way the game seen it is like they're like gaseous. Like there's mm. a they they possess people and stuff is and objects and stuff is how they seem to work. But in terms of any time you're like they're re- referenced and there's all these the, the game has all these like sort of cutaway shots throughout and every time they do the get the the hiss they cut away to this like like petrol or gas. It's they're yeah, it's it almost like chemical. A, yeah. It doesn't they feel like they they tap into the idea of them being quite alien really mm. nicely. It almost looks like a petri dish that someone's like yeah yeah they keep doing of, that yeah. and. And so, but what I liked is they were the main enemy, but there was these hints of other entities that inhabited or came into the oldest house. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, there the the oldest house constantly has this thing of like a bigger picture. And the further into the game you go, because you start off in all the the office spaces and mm. stuff, um, which feel like this brilliant concept of like um, humanity trying to um, impose its own like structures and architecture and mundanity and familiar onto things that are not meant to be like that and like if all, a lot of the time it feels like the oldest house is fighting back in a lot of way and like refuses to be contorted and and i also like the idea of the kind of dark heart that is behind every mundane office yeah or, yeah or like company out there like they've always got like a deep dark secret mm. and in this case it just happens to be a magical one well there's it's interesting because so you start to see like sort of more outlandish spaces later on because you the the industrial like the the power reactor of the game i guess isn't that crazy outlandish if you've ever been inside a nuclear power plant but it's still in the context of i've, I've been inside a inside a nuclear bomb. Okay, yeah. Um but uh <laughs> which is a kid terrifying me incidentally. Um but the but it's still compared with the rest of the office space, it's this massive industrial space. It's mm. so and I think what the, the game does really well is like it stretches these spaces until like almost they, they stop making sense like an office space because there's the the post the post depot as well because they mm. use the pneumatic um yeah. postal thing and you go to that place and it's like these trees and stuff like these like trunks that are made up of all the tubes and stuff like the the because it's like air isn't it like, yeah. yeah and like so because it's like mundane things but they're just they're just blown up to extreme proportions where it's like they stop because there's the lobby as well with that big tree in it and it's and it, you've been in a lobby where they've had a plant in it, but this is like that, but 10 times the scale. And there's mm. this constant pushing of like the mundane up to 11 in places mm. where it's like, oh yeah. And then they start to do really weird places because you get the the quarry. I can't remember what they call it. The Black Rock the Black quarry? Rock. Yeah. 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 Um, which is, pr- I mean, it's like it's like the, the title sequence of the Twilight Zone. Um, you get to wander around in. And, 
I've never watched the Twilight Zone. Oh, well, and it's just in the the sequence, they have these objects flying through space. um, And that's reminded me of that, like, because you just you're in this quarry, but above above is just like outer space. And And that was really cool because I didn't expect that. I was kind of walking around. Oh, okay, like this is a place that makes sense. And then I looked up, I was like, oh, I'm in space. And yeah, and I think for me, like sort of mixing those two things of like, oh, like this is a place that makes sense. And then here's some spacey shit yeah. <laughs> like mm. i think there's a pretty apt summary of like how i approached the game and how i felt in the world because later in the game they hint at weirder places you don't really get to go because they talk mm. about the projector slide which oh, kicks yeah. everything off like going back to jesse's childhood um and we'll probably talk about the story a bit later but the they talk about other worlds and stuff very explicitly that are connected mm. through the oldest house but even presenting them you go down to the foundations of the oldest house and you go to the the ashtray maze and stuff mm. um and you go to all, there's there's a lot despite like they're being made out of very mundane components there's a lot of very strange locations and i really admired how well they blended all that that like nothing ever felt jarring without them all without it either also feeling like slapdash like it never felt like oh and this is to break it up it all felt very cohesive mm-hmm. in a way that i find very surprising um well, they it, really managed to tie in a lot of kind of um like all that like the writing i loved so much and how they always tied in the kind of corporate speak yeah, with yeah, all yeah. the bizarre stuff that was happening so like even though you went to some really weird places in the game there were still people talking about like just like staff complaints yeah. and like gossip but, and... but i love when you do have the overlap where because the the game is built around the objects of power mm. um which are like objects that have supernatural properties and i love that when they they had stuff like that and it was like okay so this light switch like i'm making up an example but there's stuff like this in the game it's like oh this light switch if you flick it three times like it explodes but they just have this like dull memo and they're like somewhere about it. it's like just just remember not to flip the lights three switch three times or there will be no switch. and they're it's just like the fridge that like oh, has to always have the yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a great concept yeah. i really really liked that although um the thing i didn't like about the fridge was that i found the the fight that you okay so the fridge object of power or altered objects that could have been an object um of power. i think yeah. so there's objects of power and then they become altered objects when something um sets them on a i guess a dangerous course yeah yeah something um, like that and the fridge is because what what does it do because somebody has to watch it or it disappears yeah and but now it's been altered and basically it's pulling people into the the yes. fridge yeah and you because this is again tying back to the like the other entities there's something that's not to do with the hess called the the former i think it is and it says Hort, oh. big slug that exists in oh. another space and time well, or something that that's what's inside the fridge yeah yeah but it's that's what you fight and but yeah that boss fight is i think a lot of the optional boss fights are very unpleasant yeah yeah, um, yeah and we'll maybe talk about the reasons why it was so tricky but the thing that i didn't like in particular about that section was that if you did die and you reloaded you had to go through the bit where you watched the guy yeah, who yeah. is watching the fridge die over and, I, and over again i felt very bad because i thought i was okay with that to a degree because i was like but i'm gonna rescue him right mm. but you finish it and he's gone and i was like yeah. no that guy didn't no i told him to wait there this is this is cruel like yeah. and you're making me watch him die all the time that's mm. that terrible um so i guess tying into the setting and stuff though like visually like i like stylistically there's a there's because they have a lot of like using like geometry yeah. and like all these like hard edges and color and stuff and like 
Was it just that there was there anything in particular, any co- like visual stuff that you really loved? Uh, the uh, ray tracing, Sam. I was like, <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> so, uh, as you know, uh, Nvidia sent me a, a ray tracing capable graphics card. Thank you, Nvidia. Um, and I have built a supercomputer also with the help of not a supercomputer. It's a very good computer. It's not a supercomputer with the help of Intel as well. And uh, it plays control beautifully like a dream uh, and the ray tracing is gorgeous on that game i i have an nvidia card but it doesn't do ray tracing <laughs> i never thought i would be the kind of person who would care so much about reflections in my video games but it turns out i really really do um to the extent that i would have people round um not for the sole purpose of showing them <laughs> no no you the cat's the back now you were like please <laughs> roll viewing card and see but you know when people were at my house i would turn on the computer to show them control and the reflections um because it was just mind-blowing like so the the whole you know this building very corporate very shiny uh, everything reflects everything mm. um to the extent that initially when I was playing it um, and Maggie was watching me play some of it as well we would get spooked by uh, our own reflection (laughs) so I I would walk past a window into like a cubicle and I would see my reflection and think that it was an enemy for quite a while it's funny you mentioned that though because there's a great sequence an optional sequence where you actually have to interact with a mirror universe where you have to fight a mirror version of yourself Um, which is because yeah you go you get pulled into this world um and everything's reversed so you can listen to audio logs and in the world they play in reverse but you, so you have to come back into your world and play them again to hear them in the right way around and the reverse is true if you try and listen to your audio logs in that world they're like all the wrong way around i stuff. completely missed that yeah, one. um there's a there's the thing about it is again harkening back and this is going to be a recurring thing though like the the fridge optional quest is that it's quite difficult the fight because you end up you end up having to fight a mirror version of yourself so it has all the same power as you do mm. and it is a really tough fight and the con- conceptually was very cool but actually playing through it was like it became a chore um very quickly um but it was but it was it was a really inventive sequence and you go yeah and you go into this world and you come into the it's like exactly the same world it's just flipped everything's just flipped around including the audio and everything and it's the, the play have a lot of fun with that um awesome amazing it, what about you Shay? was there any sequences that like stuck in your brain or visually uh, well in terms of visuals i do not have a ray tracing capable pc i was playing on my yet. vanilla ps4 yet mm-hmm. um so we are but peasants yeah honestly <laughs> there was so much like visual noise but that's just because my ps4 is very old um yeah like i think it was just like a really interesting game like sometimes i just like levitate to the top of something and just stand there and like i think the use of color because like there isn't a lot of color mm. uh, the mm. oldest house is quite gray it's quite um, monochromatic yeah, yeah yeah um so every time there was color i sort of noticed it like whenever you would play with like the light switches and mm. you know kind of come up on um different colors it's like that was pretty cool um that was like visually striking because it, it did because it's so gray every time there was like some color yeah like, they have oh, this like nice controlled environment that yeah, they can yeah. drop things again in. that's where control is very video gamey yeah so like with the fact that you have to get the the better cards to get through the more advanced doors mm. also it does that video game trope of go towards the thing that is highlighted yeah, yeah. go towards, go the, towards red the red thing. light yeah. yeah i kind of like that though <laughs> I, I, I will say they made it they did they do that they take that concept to a very stylish extreme mm. um i just think it's interesting because everyone's talking about how control is such a different game and yeah and I yeah it's, it is familiar in a lot mm. of ways in a lot of ways i don't i wouldn't necessarily say it like 
pushes the envelope with a lot of its mechanics. It's pretty. Well, this this comes into my next question because yeah. what I wanted to talk about is 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 all that kind of stuff. Is it a case of style over substance? Like, is the case of the things that make people latch on and say that this is so different, so special, and so out there really just stylistic stuff? And the actual game underneath is perhaps very run-of-the-mill or more familiar than mm. people have let on i'm gonna say yes just because and i don't know if it's because like i have two brain cells that weren't really understanding the game properly but i found like so usually like with games i you know i'm i usually get quite attached to like the characters and the story but i found myself like not really caring that much so when a lot of people's reviews were coming in and they were like absolutely flawless i was kind of like what am i missing mm. i actually found myself like enjoying the world more so because of how i could traverse it and like i found the gameplay like really fun even though it was like kind of tricky in places um and i think yeah maybe it comes down to it like looking really good and like it being fun to play but in terms of like i like i didn't find the characters very appealing or very interesting i didn't find i found the story to be quite convoluted and i think sometimes people think a convoluted story means that it's compelling and i don't for me in this mm. case i didn't think that that was the case didn't i don't really know what happened in mm. the story like jesse went to the house looking yeah. for her brother found him spoilers mm. and then a bunch of supernatural stuff happened that i didn't really understand well, i mean like me i mean i think this was part of my problem actually is i understood i feel like i understood exactly what happened but and i feel like the thing with the story is not a lot happened mm, yeah. jesse goes looking for the all all of this the story's complexities are all lore and this was another like, i'll finish this thought before i go to that yeah. but <laughs> The, the thing with it is she finds her brother. There, then she's like, she has to defeat the Hiss, which is attached to her brother. So she goes to her... Because, yeah, you find the brother who's been kept in the oldest house for years since they were kids uh, under study. And you find him again. He gets, not captured, but detained, I guess. Yeah. He breaks out. He's trying to unleash the Hiss for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, and then you meet him and you... You don't even. There's no. There's nothing happens. You just. You let the final cutscene before the game ends, like the climax, is you fight through the sort of the weird floaty space, <sighs> and then you you what you touch him and do the same thing that you do to reclaim bits of the oldest house, yeah. and then that's it. It's all done. He's in a coma, and then and that's it, like. I, clearly they're leaving it open for a DLC and sequels. But I I thought the, the climax of the story was so unsatisfying, mm -hmm. and not in a. It wasn't open ended in a. Whoa, what happened there? It was a oh, that's that's it. That's especially it. after that incredibly dull final fight and frustrating. Yeah, it took me maybe a whole weekend to get. Yeah, the to whole that. bit trying to get what's the what's the name of the entity that communicates with her? Was Polaris. It? Polaris, yes. Yeah. That whole sequence of trying to get to Polaris, save Polaris. <laughs> yeah, you go back to well, yeah. Every I haven't spoken to anyone who didn't have that reaction of like going you because you go if you die because you're trying to jump up all these platforms. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and if you die, you go back like and a good like 20 minutes. Yeah. I, so I actually, I got to that place and then I stopped for ages because I was just so frustrated. And then I listened to an episode of the Polygon show and they were talking about control and how one of them stopped playing it for ages. And it was that exact bit that they were at. And that kind of gave me the motivation to go back. I was like, oh, it's not just me then. Yeah. It's literally it's, everyone. It's frustrating because it leads, because you spend so time, so long trying to grind through that. It undermines the following sequence because it does a fake out ending. Mm. Because when Polaris, yeah. this end, it's this entity coming from another dimension that has, that it's not even clear if it's actually an intelligence or merely just some sort of energy that's transferred to Jesse. It's kind of nebulous what it actually is, but as soon as it is, it is destroyed, mm. um, you go into this fake out ending, these credits, and then it bleeds through, and then suddenly you're in this version of the bureau that's fine and you're now an underling and it has this weird like oh that was great yeah. i loved that that bit that's bit's <laughs> great really but, it, but that. by the time you've got there you've fall you've almost fallen out of love with the game yeah. that you were like i remember just because like the fake out ending happens and i was like i know it's a fake i know this isn't a real ending and stuff and like um which funnily enough hampered it later because when the actual ending happens I was like i hope this is another fake out ending yeah. and no it's not um but I guess, like, um, tying into all that and the narrative, like, are any of you familiar with a lot any of the influences on it? Because there's definitely, I think the most blatant influence on it would be Twin Peaks, which it, the, the Ash Tree Maze is the ones that blatantly yeah. references it um oh no i thought that was so good has it just ripped from something else <laughs> so the ashtray maze is a sequence about two-thirds of the way in maybe towards the end mm. yeah, and towards it's end. this weird maze that changes and alters before you and you're able, they give you a chance to go and visit it before you actually have a way through early so yeah. they set it up um so because I, I remember being quite excited because it sets up this sequence and the the way reference Twin Peaks is stylistically. So the the the, the styling of the Astro Maze is basically like the Black Lodge, which is the, the otherworldly dream world of Twin Peaks. Um and it's that same carpeting and stuff. Um so it's, it's like a blatant reference to that. Um it doesn't operate in the same way. Um which is where like I bring this up, like the influences it draws on and I particularly Twin Peaks, which it makes a lot of allusions to, because Twin Peaks is very not literal and very strange and i mean people have described this game as lynchian um re referencing david lynch and his, his films and again twin peaks but i don't think it it's only it's only lynchian in that it literally like references his movies yeah. it's not lynchian in how it works because when you get to the ashtray maze it's not this otherworldly dreamlike sequence it's an action set piece and it's a very good one and i and it because they, they play this heavy metal that's how you get through the um the maze you have to listen to this song that makes the the maze tra um, traversable. And it's it, is it a song written just for the game? Yeah, it's, it's this, about it, the game. It's the band. It? They're a real the real band, but under the under remedy they go by what is it? The Guardians of Asgard, mm. and they because I don't know if they're in Max Payne, but they're in Alan Wake, which is where they're first introduced. Oh. And I think the the actual band are like the literal in world band are in there. And there's loads of references from Control to Alan Wake because I guess the the idea is the the typewriter and stuff of Alan Wake is acknowledged by this game as an object of power. Yeah. So Alan Wake is weirdly now being made part of this game universe, um, which I kind of liked. Um, but yeah, they're they're in that. And then the I don't know if they show up in Quantum Break, but yeah, they're here again. And it, yeah, it's their music that you get guided through. But it's an action set piece. And it's a really good one, but it was, it was kind of like... 
I was waiting on this game actually doing like sort of weird and because very early on there's a sequence where you first you literally just arrive in the the oldest house and they have you go around the lobby and the geometry like flips on itself because you you go through all these offices and stuff and then you come back to the lobby but it's all changed and stuff Mm. and i thought that was a hint of the way that the game would continue to mess with your sense of space and stuff and it never really revisits that until the ashtray maze but it just uses it for an action set piece like it's very on the rails it tends to do it when um when you reclaim the Places that are kind of overtaken by the hiss, then the walls will kind of fold back and yeah. it will become a little. And you reveal these, and they reveal these like sort of other passages mm. and stuff for you to go and do other stuff. But I think I think the Ashtray Maze just highlighted for me like I want. I guess I wanted. Everyone keeps talking about it being such a strange game, but every mm. time there was an opportunity to be that, it was actually just a third person shooter. And it was a really good one, but it was like it was just a third person shooter in a way. And I. It's fun, as much fun as I had with like a sequence like that and a lot of the set spaces in the game, I, I almost felt like, oh, I was kind of disappointed in a way as well. Um, I think I sort of like said this uh, before, is that like people are like, oh, this is so weird or like so lynching. First of all, I'm like, what do you actually mean by that? And that's something we've like spoken about before. Like you just mean it to be a bit different, a bit weird, but I'm like, is it though? Like it's, mm. it's still quite a standard like third person shooter. I don't feel like it did anything that was like particularly weird. Like me not understanding the storyline doesn't make a story weird and therefore like good. I think the thing, the frustration that I began to run into as well is the most interesting thing about it is its setting mm-hmm. that I do think is fairly weird. You've got this oh, yeah, of course, idea of yeah. this dimension that when it enters our universe has to be like, has to take on the form of objects that are because they talk about all the objects of power have to fall in line with things that are gen- like objects that are generally like understood by mm-hmm. like our consciousness as a whole like that's that's the only way they can exist mm-hmm. that's so, a great concept yeah, yeah and yeah, that's really absolutely. fun but what began to grind me is like because they have all this lore and they start to catalog that world in a way that diminished it for me i was like this is weird and str-. and obviously it makes sense for the bureau to be doing that but it reaches a point where it's not just the bureau trying to do this like the game is just giving you all this wiki page articles of all of the world and how it works yeah and that takes me out of it that kind of takes me out of the immersion of it being like this really like cool like weird setting like if you're then putting everything in like case files and stuff i'm kind of like i liked that oh really yeah I, no you carry on though no it's it's more so because then like it li- i literally have to stop what i'm doing then go and read this and i'm like i i don't at that point, I, I, would, I would say caring, one small th- piece of presentation that did make me engage with a lot of the extra material mm. was that they're spoken a lot of the time. Was they like you'll phone up the directors and yeah. stuff? Um, who, yeah, because the the bureau, the FBC has a board of directors, but it's very strongly implied they're not human, yeah. which is interesting. But um, yeah, you phone them up when you need information and stuff, and they'll tell you, and it's like a bit of exposition, but it's spoken, and there's a little virtual element and stuff. You can also phone back in time, I guess, to the previous director whose job you yeah. take um, your first day in the job um, and so that made me like I watched a bunch of it just because I wasn't just me reading and mm-hmm. like I could like I would literally put it on and I'd listen to it while I was on my phone and stuff which is I don't think is like a, necessarily a good thing but it did make me engage with it more so I can those yeah. videos of the previous director though where he's just like shrouded in mist oh like, and small yeah. it's very x-files <laughs> it was like um i think because my the my favorite 
my favorite element of the game that I feel like wasn't spoiled by the cataloging, mm. I'm feeling that the truth is that it will be explained in a sequel or DLC. So I feel that this will be spoiled, and it was they merely withheld this with, with that in mind, not because it was appropriate. Mm. But the favorite thing for me was Atty, the janitor, oh, and yeah. <laughs> and every, everything like the implied connection, I guess, about like a because the in the foundations you you find what is seems to be this illustration of the Norse world tree of the nine worlds that's like makes up Norse mythology. So there's an implica- you know, so they tie it into that, um, and and Atty's somehow involved in this. But I liked the thing I like thematically is there's an implication because when you for, when you start at the you, when Jesse arrives she gets made the director within a, within the first hour of the game the old director has been made to kill themselves by the hiss and then you take on the role um, and then you set about cleaning up the oldest house um, and but what I like to it, the implication is that because Atty is the janitor mm-hmm. And he, but he's the one that actually knows everything. And there was a nice thematic thing about, like, felt like a little commentary on, like, human bureaucracy and stuff. Is actually the people that are most in the know are actually at the bottom. And those are the people that really know. Because he knows his way around the building and he seems to know what's actually going on and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the people yeah. who get overlooked, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and that, that gives him a certain power. Because, yeah, because you keep bumping into people who have no idea who he is and mm. stuff. Um, and he's speech because he's is Finnish, I think. Sure. He used a lot because so, he uses yeah. a lot of mix between English and Finnish, so he's kind of he's quite hard to under understand as well. Um, and he has a sort of weird broken speech as well because I guess there's an implication that he's maybe not even human, and mm. this is just uh, Fakad that he's he's um, he adopts. But but that was every time you had a conversation with him, that was like one of the few co- like character conversations I really engaged with um because yeah. he was just weird and interesting and Jesse like is really sweet about him and it's like oh he's nice <laughs> even though he's clearly so weird and like is like as soon as you meet I was like this man is an alien and she's just like he's so nice yeah. I quite liked some of the character archetypes like even though um you're right that like I didn't feel attached to any of the characters yeah. I didn't care about the story mm. but meeting new ones was always quite fun like the 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 scientist who's underground by where all the mold is uh, is she? I think, and she she's British or something, oh. and she's just so like bitter. Yeah, what's her name? Raya hard to deal with. I don't know what her name was. The uh, one, the one I remember was the the guy who's got to catalogue all the objects of power because mm. he's just so grimy and sleek. he's like a great character. He's like horrible, but he's a great character because yeah, he's got this comb over and everything. Oh, Langston. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he was and the actor. He was one of the like most charismatic like voice act performances. Mm. I thought like mm. a lot of them felt. Like they're they're just re- I mean because they are just reading off loads of exposition. He felt like he was actually kind of having fun of it. Um, I liked I liked interacting with him, even though he wasn't really that important to the story. I guess. Yeah. Um, Emily was the best though. She was, yeah. Yeah, she's just she's just there being her gay ass self. Um, <laughs> the, the the sexual tension between her and Jesse, I was like, this is unbearable. Like Jesse shows up in those docks and everything. I'm like, Pff. and then at the end when you get the the business um, oh, director yeah. outfit, she's she's got the hair back, and I was, I was like. Pff like this game um but i guess like talking about the story because um because yeah i don't i don't feel like none of us find it particularly we're particularly engaging yeah like because so much of the story was like in files and collectibles and stuff already i was like pretty turned off um and then like i spent so long like not knowing what was going on and then when it when the penny finally dropped i was like oh okay 
Right. And then, yeah, I it didn't ends. feel like it was satisfying even when I sort of knew what was going on. It felt like it was more of a an introduction to a world and a concept yeah. than anything else. Like I, I was quite interested in the world building and the idea of the objects of power and the, yeah. this, you know, yeah, the house yeah. and even the stuff that had happened to Jesse in her past, like mm. with the projector and yeah. stuff. It felt like, almost like a pilot for a television show where you're like, great, okay, I can't wait to find out what people do in this world. Yeah. But without any of the actual interesting story stuff. Yeah. The, the bit you bring up about Jesse's childhood and the slide, because that, that felt like the thing that thematically was going to be the heart of the thing mm. was like, I guess like basically an undercurrent of like childhood neglect and stuff and how you, I mean you can easily read into like oh and yeah organizations take advantage of that because the FBC has been detaining our brother and they've been surveilling her is the yeah. thing they reveal um and like like I think like that initially was really compelling because I was like that's you know that touches a nerve like I'm really interested in her as a character and I want to see more of that but the game because they have this moment where you go and they've recreated her hometown yeah <gasps> and yeah, they do that really bit cool. and I thought like this stuff should be more impactful than it is because that just becomes another action set piece because set piece which I thought was just so dis I mean because like it's so close to being something better because the thought of her literally tearing up her mm -hmm. the the memory of her hometown and hurling at the hiss and stuff is like that that's just visual metaphor that's just got so much weight on it and it's like but the game doesn't really seem to tap into that potential it at all. It feels like they would have needed a lot more from Jessie herself though and that might have clashed with the the very kind of gamey nature of the game mm -hmm. because you know we're used to playing these kinds of things as a silent protagonist yeah. right and she has the moments where when she's in conversation with people she says things in her head for the benefit of you the player mm -hmm. who so are you the player supposed to be Polaris? Yeah, That's there's how a, I took it. There, yeah, there, yeah, yeah, you can definitely read it that like you as a player are supposed to be Polaris. Because you're kind of helping her through. Yeah. But then maybe that's why she was kind of this um, almost like almost empty shell in a way. And she wasn't responding quite as much as she should have been because it's a commentary on the fact that you, the player, are controlling her. Yeah. You, Polaris, are leading her through and control and directing her actions. Or am I reading too much? No, I think you could that? Do, that could be could have been the intention, but I think the result for me was just that I I didn't I didn't want or need that. I felt I I wanted like you know again talking about the influences like Twin Peaks, X Files, or Fringe. Um, it's like those those are shows that tap into the weird, mm. but they use it to explore very messy personal human things they're not it's not just whoa look how weird this world is mm. I think you know? maybe part of it also though was that the whole the 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 corporate bureaucratic office side of things was supposed to be all about the the lack of humanity that you mm. get in those mm. kinds of um systems you know all the all the 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 notice boards and the kind of memos that were passed between people um that kind of removed the humanity from the characters and i guess if jesse had seemed too human she would have clashed with that i think that's i feel like that's more what they should have gone for i feel mm. like because i mean stories like rooted in conflict and i feel like the game needed more because it's a weird one because our character arc doesn't really become confronting our childhood or anything our character arc really is about becoming the director mm. which is a weird because it's a weird one because the game is both both frames the fbc as bad 
and I guess almost as a colonialist entity that is colonizing and taking over the oldest house and maybe it, sh- and it maybe shouldn't be. Um, but then equally seems to love it and find it quite charming and stuff. And at the end of the game, Jesse uh, becomes part of the FBC, basically, mm. like properly embraces it, which felt like the wrong story beat for her because she comes in as a, like a rebel and like the, the her character art being, no, she conforms which is a fine character beat, but it is framed by the game as a positive step forward rather than, oh no, she succumbed to be becoming part of this organization. Mm. Mm. It seems, they, they fra- the game seems to frame it more as like, oh yeah, she's part of the FPC, isn't that great now? And I was like, no. Like- I found it weirdly like sterile because like when she came in and like she would have those kind of like sassy uh, one-liners like in her head I was like oh, okay like we're starting to get a bit of a personality and then at the end she's like you know I'm the director now and I was like oh, okay like and uh, and I don't know is that supposed to be like a metaphor of like some presence of the hiss in her I don't I don't or just know. like businesses get yeah, you down and I'm like Working a nine to five, you will turn into a corporate slave. Maybe it kind of it kind of bugged me, I guess, just because the game's in terms of play. What the game constantly asks you to do is to tear the world apart. Mm. Literally, you're tearing pieces of whatever and chucking it and fighting mm. with it. And every time you leave a room, you go into these pristine room, and every time you leave, the room looks like it's been bombed. And it's so the what you're doing in play is tearing the world up. But then the narrative is saying no. Nope, Join, join the, join the system, and maybe you too can be director of the. But the, the rooms always here. clear themselves up again afterwards, don't they? I think when you go back into a yeah, room, whenever you reset, yeah. well, yeah. So maybe it's actually you know resistance Jess, is Jessie, futile. Well, yeah, resistance is futile. Jessie goes to the Federal Bureau of Control because she's kind of brought there, right? Mm. Like by yeah. Polaris or mm. by the board. Everything that she does is not really under her own mm. control. Right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's I, the point I guess, of the game. I think that's what... But I don't think it makes... For me, I don't think it like hit that note mm. well enough to resonate. I think it could... Abs- without really changing the trajectory of the plot, it could do that. But I don't think it... It doesn't have a moment where you actually see that actually... You don't, you don't really... She seems so passive in terms of going along. Because they're, they're, initially she's compelled to go along with the Bureau and the promise that she'll find out what is happening with her brother. And then she continues to go along because then she can save her brother. And at the end, it's still about her brother, really. Mm-hmm. There isn't a moment where she has an out. She could actually, she could resist and chooses not to. There isn't a moment where you actually get an explicit, no, she's now part of this. And I think... I think without changing much of the trajectory, just including a couple of scenes towards the end, actually, that explicit would have been more effective to hit that. Because um, mm. as it is, I feel like it just doesn't. It just didn't make me feel much of anything. Like by the end, I was like, I was at the start. I was hoping it was going to be a thing about tearing this whole system down. And there was going to be a big emotional punchy moment. Because that's what I thought was going to happen with the fake out ending. I was like, oh, are we going to get to like take on the board? Like, are we going to yeah, finally yeah. find out who this? big shadowy entity is and then no i mean presumably this could all still happen in sequels Mm, and dlc um yeah maybe they're just selling out for that but as a a first installment it's it's a strong pitch is definitely i feel like for sure but i was like as a as a self-contained thing i was left kind of disappointed like i the the end fight wasn't really exciting um the i know 
also find that there were like loads of bits that just didn't like make sense. Well, to me anyway, make sense. Like Hedron, um, like the the kind of sphere oh, thing. Yeah. Like, what was, was that about? So um, the Hedron, the so you know how everyone wears like the HRAs. Like, so you've got the Hedron, um, which is it's similar to Polaris in that it's like a positive resonance. Um, and oh yeah, because yeah, like, the, these words make no sense. <laughs> doesn't make any sense and i'm like it, it, like is it me genuinely being dumb I can, see, or is that's it why that's why i like you over as, as impenetrable as far as i like the weird terminology and like mm. you really have to go what the hell is this yeah but because yeah but the end the, the doctor i can't remember his name doctor darling darling, darling. yeah because mm-hmm. everyone keeps talking about darling and i was like god they're really they're really familiar in this uh, <laughs> familiar in this place yeah. um but yeah, he's still missing at the end of the, yeah. the story. Because um, it's assumed that he was just like, I'm out and he's so like in a different dimension the guy somewhere. from The guy from all the videos. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were great. They yeah, were, I like I really the, and the, the kids show puppet <laughs> oh, yeah. thing was great. <laughs> the, the one, there's one bit of tidbit that I found. So the game does have a couple of bits of like world building that are left out with the the notes and stuff that I really liked. So the the what this took some digging and i had to like consult reddit to get to the bottom of this but the power reactor the because they never they never state what's powering Mm. the Mm. thing and if you actually put all the dots together you can actually go up and look at the monitors that have cameras in the inside of the reactor and basically what the implication is is that um because you go up in the monitors it's like thermal imaging and you can basically see the silhouette of a person yeah and the implication Ooh. is that when the certain when directors die, really weird shit happens to them. So director, the director preceded you. I can't remember his Trench. name. Trench. Um, he. I'm very good with you're names. You're good with names. <laughs> also, you finished playing it like this morning. Oh yeah, so it's very <laughs> fresh. <laughs> um, but Doctor Trench, uh, Doctor Trench, uh, Director Trench, he basically seems to have now sort of stepped outside time because you can still phone him up for advice, yeah. basically. Um, whereas the one before Trench seems to have gone nuclear and they're using their body in a casket to fuel power the oh the... my god so that's a weird thing oh it's not god. stated okay. by the story and that's sort of out there so there's so as much as there's a lot of lore that i found tiresome because it just it just gets categorized and logged and stuff there was yeah. stuff like that it was like ah oh, you've got to, you've actually got players have just got to go and figure this out mm-hmm. like there's nothing stated um similar to the connections to alan wake actually um i don't did any of you play alan wake only a bit. Only a yeah. bit. So have any of you played all... any Remedy games prior to this? Uh, I've played a little. I've played like the beginning of most of them. Yeah. Like Quantum okay. Break, I've played the beginning. Yeah. So I know that Ordinary is something from, I want to say Alan Wake. Or... No, so the town from Alan Wake so is, <laughs> they, they reference the town because the, there's the Ordinary incident. Mm-hmm. Um, Altered uh, World event. Altered World event, there we go. Um, but there's one in Ordinary and there's one in something falls um god i can't remember the name of the place in alan wake but Kit? it's it's something Are we falls. Googling? <laughs> bear with thank you um and bright falls i'm serious bright falls i think i've got a like a magnet on my fridge actually that says bright falls i think yeah so i think with it's a, bright with a picture of a deer I think it's Bright Falls, okay. which Alan Wake is equally uh, a thing on Twin Peaks as well. It seems to be an obsession in the studio. Um, so yeah, Remedy definitely have a particular style and character to all their games, which for me is sort of usually means stilted exposition and weird world building. Mm-hmm. Um, this mix. But Alan Wake, because um, it was funny, before they even did any of that stuff. Yeah, Bright Falls, there we go. Got it confirmed. Uh, before they even introduced the like, explicit ties, I was like, 
well, if you think about the world of control and objects of power, Alan Wake perfectly slots in there. And then, true enough, later on, because you can find the typewriter from Alan Wake. Because mm. um, in Alan Wake, the whole thing is Alan Wake's the author and, anyth- and his stories start to become real and manifest mm. in the real world, which is a plot from The Darkness, which is some sort of invasive entity that is, again, also acknowledged by Control. So that's another power that exists in the world. It's not sh- it's not made clear if it's related to any of the ones you encounter in Control or not, um, but it's one. But the implication is the FBC came, comes in after the events of Alan Wake and clear, clears up. Right. Um, but they don't shed any light on what maybe happened to Alan or if he's still in the... What is it? It's the room or something. Because he, he agrees to swap places with his wife... And he'll create realities, I guess, for this weird entity oh. in exchange for her freedom. <laughs> so that's how that's how that ends. Like um, a game developer, God, locked they, in a room and made to create realities. <laughs> is maybe Alan Wake a commentary? Because um, Alan Wake's two things are like Twin Peaks and Stephen King. This feels much. It still has a, a, a leg in Twin Peaks, but the other influences is like X Files and stuff, mm, yeah. I guess. Um, but I guess like. The, the problem with it, the references to those those shows is like they're weird in a very understated way whereas Control is very explicitly weird. Yeah. Like Twin Peaks, if you watch Twin Peaks knowing nothing about it, the first three episodes, or maybe you maybe get hints, but the first three episodes is like a soap with weird bits. Um, it being a very weird show doesn't really unveil until quite far in. Um, whereas like this doesn't start as something ordinary that then the weird creeps in. It's just very explicitly... There's an infinite house. Um, it's very upfront about its weird elements, which I think it's exciting because it is a fascinating world. But I feel like it doesn't work. I think in the way that maybe they wanted to. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if like because it wears the heart in its sleeve, which I kind of admire. Like it's very upfront about what influenced it. But I do. I wonder. Like, did they want something that was more cerebral and psychological? Because Alan Wake had similar problems where. It, as a horror and stuff it was very on the nose yeah. and i don't think it worked as well as maybe you're intending it to i'm not sure i feel like the writing was quite kind of self-aware yeah there there definitely is a lot of like i wouldn't i don't want to say at its expense but jokes that definitely acknowledge his gaminess mm, and yeah. even things like um like the things that you know when you had to collect all the stuff that came out of the enemies um, and you had to collect it and then use it to do to make mods or oh, upgrades yeah. or whatever. And they all had ridiculous names. Um, oh, yeah. I think I wrote some of them down. Let me see. Yeah, the crafting materials are called things like Ritual Impulse, Hidden Trend, and Tropic Echo. Yeah. Like, that just reeks of, like, a writer who was like, look, I know what I'm doing here. This yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm just going to go all out with it. Yeah, I think there's definitely, like, a lot of self-awareness and stuff mm. like that, for sure. on the, the issue the main issue that we all seem to agree on which was stuff like the checkpointing and difficulty um i like the checkpointing i like being told where to go and when to go but no but do you wish there had been more oh oh no i, th- I thought it was like i actually thought that was something that was done like really really well um it was an, it was enough for me it was like 
I, I know it might have been too much or too little for people, but how many times did it take you to do that? Um, the, the fight with, with Polaris, where you have to go up the different levels. Oh, not that long. Uh, to be fair, I, to be fair, I was like pretty strung out. Like I stayed up all <laughs> trying to finish it. I had had a bit. Of I was stuck at so. like half an hour. Oh. Yeah, it took me multiple hours to get through that bit. Oh, I I really had a bit. And a lot of the optional quests I found like they were where the difficulty really spiked. The yeah, the mirror that, world that I mentioned absolutely, was absolutely yeah. The mold monster with yep. all the multiple heads. Yep, and the the slug in the fridge. Mm, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I tried to do that so many the, the, times. The annoying one like... with the slug, and it highlights a problem, a, repeat, a recurring issue with the combat I found is it becomes less of a problem once you've upgraded the flight, the hot, the which mm. incidentally is the coolest power. I think the way they animate it and you just float through the world. Yeah. Like it's not, you're not flying, you're just floating mm -hmm. is really cool. Like you just switch gravity off is yeah. very cool. Um, but the until you get that, and even once you've got that, you really need to upgrade it before you can sort of counter this. Mm -hmm. But there's an issue where they have like loads of aerial enemies, and you'll be shooting at them, but you can still fall through the floor or fall off the edges of things. And the sequences, and it's yes, so that's, infuriating. That's exactly what happened. I was like, "Am I?" And then I'd be like, "Okay, I know that I need to like pay attention to both." And then I'd go into the fight again, and then again. I'd be paying attention to the aerial enemies because that's what's being thrown at me. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, I'd fall and die. And I kept dodging oh. off the edges. Of yeah, things. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, oh no, I'm that. bad. I'm that's the thing about the, when you're asking about the visual style of the game, like it was all great except for those fights, which all took place in really, really boring like environments yeah. where it was just like, black cubes yeah it was yeah. like floating pla is this there's a video game trend of whenever we need to go to otherworldly places it's just bits of scenery floating in a void somewhere <laughs> um dishonored has this and far cry even had that with hallucination sequence like for video games they seem to just think we need to go somewhere weird it's where things float in a void apparently that's where all the weird stuff is and yeah control has yeah very Despite all these really interesting locations, the only the only exception to that is maybe the mirror world, which does take place when the boss that boss fight does take place in an actual environment that you're tearing up and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not its most exciting environments are generally for the weirdly like I feel like the best set pieces in the game are generally when you're fighting regular enemies. I feel like the boss fights yeah. were very. I think they're conceptually interesting, but the actual execution just they just so difficult and repetitive and mm. very video gamey. Like there's a the one with the mirror fight is like a three stage boss fight, and I guess the the slug in the fridge is the same. And it just I don't know. Like suddenly I'm like I'm just playing a video game. Yeah, um, a lot of like hitting weak spots and yeah, mm, yeah, dodging um, long enough for the weak spot to appear and then yeah. hitting it again. Um, the checkpointing though was kind of annoying because it was inconsistent like so sometimes because it has this almost Dark Souls like thing because when you die you lose some of your currency oh um, do you? yeah um, which yeah it doesn't help but unlike Dark Souls there's no way to reclaim it so that's kind of really you just die and you lose some of it and I was like oh that's not great like Dark Souls always had that thing mm. where if you can get to where you die quick enough you can reclaim it control as far as I could tell doesn't have any system like that so you just lose things. If you're stuck at a bit, you're not. It's not going to get any easier. And um, but they also have a thing where some things get reset when you die, and some things don't. Which and that inconsistency began to really irritate me towards the end. So like I say, you lose currency, and I think um, ammo and stuff you continue to lose, but the enemies replenish, and you still have to go through the same obstacles. And that really mm. bugged me. It was like one or the other. Either yeah. everything resets, and I'm and it's just a traditional video game reload, or I can keep chipping away at something. Yeah. But this middle ground was really unhelpful. Actually, that's a good point. Because, like, um, the fight uh, with Salvador, because you had to go back to, like, a... Who's, like a who's Salvador? Salvador is the head of security. 
Yeah. Um, he was the one, um, he had like all of the bits and he could like throw stuff at you and it would like one shot you basically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so whenever you died there, like you'd have to like cross the bridge again and like sometimes like two enemies would spawn and then sometimes none would spawn and then mm. sometimes three would spawn and I'm like, which is it? Yeah. Galane. Um, it, like they have random elements that I think are fun for replay because they have the thing where you can um like what were the it's the bureau alerts oh yeah um, oh, that was so video gamey yeah but they're like a thing there but like uh, so they're there and they're out in the world and i, I did none of them because as soon as i realized it was like oh they're in a timer yeah i don't need to do them oh for that but yeah. then yeah. um but like i think they applied some of that replay mentality because when you finish the game it doesn't really end as such you can yeah. keep going and wrapping stuff up in fact there's things i'm fairly sure there's side quests that don't come about until you finish the mm. main story mm. so they clearly have the idea that players can sit in this world for a bit after the story's wrapped up so i think there's a mentality there with how they design certain things that it's not an open world i think i guess it's more like a metroid or like castlevania style thing that you keep unlocking spaces and you can keep backtracking and stuff yeah. well and also just the powers that you unlock like once you unlock the ability to fly you're and able you to get much get, much further than yeah. you could before um but i guess the but the downside is it means that they treat that world as this like non-linear space, but they're asking you to go through it in very linear ways. Mm. And the checkpointing is maybe a victim of that, where we need to keep this world going on and ticking on, but we need to mm. put you back through this thing again. Yeah. And but I did love how they had an in like a narrative reason for the checkpoints. Yeah. Like it, it was a very video gamey game, but everything that was gamey about it had a reason in the narrative. Like she was reclaiming the you know like like um. She talks about the fact that she can teleport around the building. And then other people, you can overhear them talking about how the new director can teleport around the building. Yeah. It's it's not just a thing that she can do because she's a video game protagonist. Yeah, I like I like that aspect of it. Um and I, I'm always I'm always up for games doing things diegetically yeah. and being like, okay, this happens in world and we'll acknowledge that. Um but I guess <clears throat> I guess just wish that had come into play with the difficulty balancing because mm. I definitely think, particularly towards the end, it got to sequences that were, and the fight, the final fight, the final set piece where you go through the again another floating bland room, mm, but this yeah. one's red, <laughs> to to reach your brother and defeat the Hiss. because defeating the Hiss just involves touching your brother basically and doing the the clear yeah. clear room thing, and where you reclaim it for the bureau, and that's it. It's just a it's just it's a set piece like every other set piece in the rest of the game and. I was like, that's it? That's the, that's the note they finished this game on? After all the sort of other... Like, the Ashtray Maze being the, maybe the most spectacular set piece in the whole game, yeah. I was like, why wasn't the resources that went to make that saved for the ending instead? Like, why why would you finish on such a dull note when... But that's what I find with a lot of games where they kind of beat over your head, like, this is a weird game. I'm like, is it though? Like, if you sit down and, like, really kind of think about it, and I think the ending really speaks to that a lot because it's just like okay you've reclaimed your brother and now he's in a coma i was like really like, i guess really? i guess the the question that comes out of this that i asked about similar games that have been praised for their world building and stuff mm -hmm. um i think of stuff like maybe bioshock infinite or something would they be better in another genre would like in the way that i imagine bioshock infinite would have been a better game if it wasn't a shooter and maybe they sorted out the dodgy politics at the back of it mm -hmm. um but 
I wonder, like, would Control be better if it was a, an adventure game or something? I, I liked the shooting in this a lot. I did more like than I liked the shooting it in Bioshock. I did as a sure Control was the first time I've enjoyed a shooting in a while. Like mm, yeah. I think, the yeah. way that the gun kind of shifted yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. And yeah, it's just like a upgrades. piece of geometry and it just morphs and mm, stuff. Yeah, mm. it was really cool. Um, and, and, the, was, and the superpowers. Well, that, that was what made it like because I think somebody basically said this is like a basically a reboot of psyops under another name i don't know if you played the psyops the mind gate conspiracy back in the day it's weirdly very alike as you have t- you had telekinetic powers and mm-hmm. that that game also had a co-op mode where you each controlled one half of the character Ooh. one of you controlled the upper half so like the aiming and stuff and one of you controlled the movement and stuff it was bad but it was weird um <laughs> but the game but the game had that like interesting combat um the control is basically a really slick version of mm. um and I, I speak to like the controls where like um like i said you just hit the button and she'll pull something mm. it's not awkward you don't have to think about it and the, like the, f- the floating around was really easy to use like i thought the way it controlled and stuff um was really slick and as so as a shooter i did really enjoy it but I, I couldn't help but like this world and stuff is like this would I prefer to engage with this world in another way is that not just the limitations of AAA though like you have to make mm. something mass market Fine. and mm. yeah people like shooters mm. so it's weird but within the limits of what you can do in the AAA space yeah I mean we can't all be shadow classes and stuff so I guess <laughs> but I think I think there's I think people would be I think people are more willing to play this stuff than we maybe give them credit for maybe developers give them credit for so I don't I don't feel like it couldn't be um mm. but I certainly understand the reasoning for why it was a share and in, and certainly within um Remedy's wheelhouse because all their games are shares um this is maybe the best one they've made in a lot of ways I don't and, and if all the shares are cool because they're all built around a gimmick like max Payne had bullet time alan wake had the light and dark quantum break had the time powers and this mm-hmm. has all the telekinesis so they're never just just a shooter they're always like how can we mix this up and i've they're always fun to play um do you have a genre that you wish um control was instead of a third person shooter um i mean <laughs> i guess i guess i wish just like they gave the who is it who created who's behind gone home is that feel bright full bright yeah yeah feel bright i wish they'd I, I wish they had the resources to make something like that okay, i would yeah like just a like a, just an, an exploring narrative like you could still have the supernatural powers to navigate but i wish it was just like going around a spooky house like the oldest house as an environment because that was the most interesting thing about it yeah. so the, if you could give me a more direct way to engage with it as a space rather than because the combat well really fun on its own felt like an interruption to the thing that i wasn't really invested in the game which Mm. was his world um but then how long would the game have been if it didn't have the combat sequences slowing you down um probably a lot more agreeable in length um because all all triple a games these days are far too long but would it have been as effective as what i'm trying to say if it had been you know you're just racing through this house reading everything as you go it takes you maybe a couple of hours to get through i think I guess, I guess if it was to stay as a shooter, which it totally can, you can make anything work. I think what, as a shooter, I think what I wanted more from it was to play into the story. And mm. if it's going to be this action game, I wanted either the friction of the game is constantly taking that control away from you, where, and you do reach the, the narrative endpoint as Jesse has become part of the system, 
or the other way in which I'm tearing it to pieces and actually destroy the Bureau at the end of this game. And I think I needed one of those extremes to really pay off the idea of this being a sure, because otherwise it was just a flat line. Um, And so if it's not going to deliver that emotional heft, I think I would prefer it was just a thing that I was exploring and poking my nose in rather than an action game. Because as an action game, I don't think it reaches the fulfillment of payoff that Mm. I think it requires. Or I expected of it. I don't know if any of you had any suggestions. Like, did you were you happy with it as a share? Like, I was actually, which is quite rare for me. Um, usually, I'm like, oh, this could have been literally anything else. But I found the combat to be like really satisfying, and and actually because I had so many hang-ups with the story, um, that's the combat is kind of what kept me going. Which I never thought I would say that about a shooter. That but, is wild. Yeah, yeah. I really liked I I really liked all of the law stuff um, mm-hmm. and like reading the notes yeah. and stuff. I loved the writing and just the kind of like the, the 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 memos that said things like reminder this week any documents that are pink are to be shredded immediately like with just no explanation. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I really liked the combat. Although I think maybe part of that was that it was the first game that I played on my brand new shiny computer. <laughs> so playing a shooter, you know, or PC gaming. That's what you want, isn't it? Something yeah. where you have to aim and press a lot of buttons at once. Did um so I guess sort of a final question on that was are we up for a sequel? And are are any of us gonna play the DLC actually? Because they have they have even before they released they announced a, a schedule of DLC. I don't think any of it's released yeah. yet, but I'll probably play the DLC and I'll probably return to the world. Um but a sequel do we need it i don't think so i i i like games that can like wrap things up and i for all my problems with like the story i i what else is there to tell like that you couldn't put in a dlc Mm. is the question i'm like do we need a fully fledged sequel yeah what i would love i think is if there was a sequel but it was episodic so they've introduced this world now through Mm. this big game and now they can tell like little stories maybe that are set within that world what kind of stories would you like to see i don't know just Mm. i mean there's there's so much there in the concepts of the altered world events and the Mm. objects of power and all that kind of stuff and the the writing i i really liked the writing and the kind of humor in it and stuff so just any small tale about like whether it's you know just someone who works in the in the bureau just getting to know a bit more about them or more about jesse's past i mean you can you can work retroactively because they've retroactively made alan wake part of this world so you can argue that (laughs) alan wake was just a story about one object of power Mm -hmm. so as much as control is in the place where they've got hundreds of objects where alan wake was a story about just one and obviously jesse's incident with the projector slide was just one object so you could easily say they could do another game and just crib from this universe and Mm. go right we've come up with a weird object we're going to place a whole story around um i don't know if i'm going to play the dlc i don't know i think I w- if you're going to play it i'll wait and see what you say on it, i think <laughs> i think that's where i'm at that's so interesting because you were you raved about control in the and for the first eight hours or so like i think it took me about like 15 hours to finish it i think for the, like eight hours i was like yeah i have a thing though like with games where if i don't have an emotional payoff i I get very disappointed. Like, I don't know, like, if you watch the movie and, like, any story and the, the ending is rubbish, um, I feel like, I don't know, like, my emotions just continue to spill out. I didn't have a cap where I can go, <laughs> right, done, I had the payoff that I was yeah. expecting. When there's no payoff, it becomes this, if, I don't know, it feels like a 
a wasted investment, which is harsh. Like I don't, and I don't, I don't feel it's a wasted investment. I definitely got a lot out of the game, but mm. I almost. But it's frustrating when I can go. I can see what this could have been, and games so rarely end well, though, right? Like yeah. for multiple reasons. One of which is that. Um, you know traditionally developers put all of their focus on the beginning of a game because most people don't finish games you know only a certain percentage of players get to the end of a game so they want the beginning to be really really good two two controls credit the beginning isn't the most spectacular but again most of the spectacular mm. bits are maybe about the midway yeah. point so i feel like um, to its credit it does a lot of cool stuff later on it doesn't like wow you out the gate yeah it took way too long to get the ability to fly yes yeah. it does <laughs> i think it comes really really late like yeah I feel like we wanted that much sooner than we actually got it, mm. which was a little sad. I was like, because oh. um, it's such a cool way to navigate that world and not having it for a, a lot of the world is really disappointing. But I guess it's a good reward when you do get to it. Mm. Oh, yeah, I was like, as soon as I had worked out the, the mission I was doing was going to get me that reward, I was like, doing this, I've <laughs> been everything else till this is done. Mm. Um, so I guess there's nothing to do but go through the verdicts. So we have, uh, for individuals, we have a five-point scale, which is love, like, dislike, hate, and okay. Um, so, Jericho, what did you think of it? I liked it. Liked it? Yeah. Firm like. What about yourself, Shay? What did you think? It's okay. I think it's, yeah, Ooh. I think it's just okay. Um, like, to be honest, it was almost like a dislike because I, I, like, I genuinely really didn't get it. Like, if mm. you people at home listening want to try and score me on that, like, feel free to. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I didn't care enough. And, like, like, with the ending especially, I was like, okay, if there's anything that's going to make me care, like, I want this ending to, like, have something to really wow me. And it just didn't the only thing that brings it from brings it up to an okay for me is that i enjoyed playing like enjoyed shooting i enjoyed like ripping stuff out of walls that was really satisfying it felt satisfying to play mechanically mm. um so yeah it's it's okay for me i liked it i think i definitely liked it i think i definitely had the thing post-launch where everyone was really raving about mm, it and yeah. i definitely didn't feel that strongly um I think I think people definitely oversold it as how weird it was, um, yeah. which, yeah, which I'm, the plus side, I'm glad I played it before alongside those people, so I didn't have that expectation that I got to play it with. Fairly, I was excited for it, um, but I didn't expect it to be super weird because mm. it was a sure. So I was like, this is going to conform to a AAA sure experience. But I definitely still liked it, and I think. Um, I, d I think it's definitely my favorite Remedy game. Mm -hmm. um, I think it suffers in a lot of the way that they tend to do, which is, yeah, they don't end well and they definitely don't make the most of their premises. Like, Alan Wake has the whole light mechanic. Yeah. Um, Quantum Break had the whole time thing. And I don't think they always reach their potential. I think Control is the closest they've come to fulfilling the potential of the conceit of having telekinetic powers i think right. the fantasy that they deliver on that is really fun and we didn't even talk about the room with all the clocks oh that was yeah. great to run about it. i don't the room with the clocks. remember there's the bit where it's flooded with clocks yeah there's um, an entire department that's just flooded mm. with old antique was, clocks it was I those guys I remember that, that were missing right yeah yeah and like you needed to go and find them but it means you're constantly throwing clocks it's about around, and yeah. you're like 
like crawling through pails of clocks. That sounds great. Yeah, I'm gonna go home and play that. All right. Well, but yes. So I think (laughs) I think on the basis of yeah, I think similar to you, I did enjoy the world and stuff. So it's not like that. But I think I did enjoy the shooting enough. I did enjoy the world enough. I didn't love it, but yeah, I definitely liked it. Which means the official Glasshouse verdict is like we liked it. Okay, there we go. We like control. That's good. We like control. There's, (laughs) there's a comment. Um, I like cap. I like. uh, I like capital C control. But when it comes to lowercase c, I love it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's not where I thought that sentence was going. (laughs) Um, So, if you have thoughts on control and lowercase control, you can write in. uh, You can post on glasshouse.games with comments or perhaps your own video. You can email community at glasshouse.games or you can tweet us at at GHG show. Um, I'd like to say thanks to Jenga, um, Shay, um, and as always to Kit running the cameras, the video, the audio, everything and making sure none of it goes on fire every time we do <laughs> one of these episodes. And also thanks to Dan Parks for the music. Um, I'm Sam and we will talk again soon.